Odessa. I am standing in the center of town, and just picture this. In 1939, some 600,000 people lived here, and of that, 180,000 of them were Jews. In June of 1941, when the Germans and their allies attacked the Soviet Union, it was the Romanian army that headed toward Odessa, laid siege to it, and finally took the city in October 1941. Around half the city's Jews had fled eastward by then. For those that didn't, the Romanians would commit murder on a massive scale. We're going to hear from Aaron Rudiak, who was just 16 years old that summer of 1941, and here's what he told Jana Litinskaya, as read for us by David Horovich in London. That fateful week, the week that changed our lives forever, I was 16 years old, and I'd been staying in the flat of my uncle Efim and Aunt Sonia. She had just delivered a baby and was still in hospital, so I was taking care of their four-year-old son, Yuri. On 22nd of June, I gave Yuri breakfast as usual, and had just started on my maths homework. But right around noon, my father burst in. Aaron, get your things. The war's begun. The Germans were attacking the Soviet Union from the west. Their Romanian allies and some German troops were heading straight toward Odessa. Just then, Sonia and her husband Efim and their brand new baby rushed in and I dashed off with father. We grabbed a tram. Efim was an officer in a military unit near Odessa, so later that day we all went to see him off at the railway station. By then, the first bombs started falling. About ten days after the war began, in early July, my father's brother Isaac arrived and he told my father to pack and evacuate immediately. Father had a white card, a release from military service, it was because of an old injury, but he said it would be a disgrace to flee rather than defend Odessa. The truly massive bombing started around then. We children began to play war games, ignoring the horrors of what might come. Children, after all, are children. During the air raids, we dove into a nearby trench. Then came the bombings at night. We were getting so used to them, we didn't even bother to hide. All this time, our father didn't want to hear about evacuation. Mother wanted to say something, but she knew he wouldn't listen. On 27th of July, 1941, father went to the military registry office. Despite his white card, his old injury, he came home wearing a uniform. We said our goodbyes and he promised us the Romanians would never occupy Odessa. As summer went on and the front moved closer, we actually watched soldiers heading to the front on city trams. And the government issued appeals that if the fascists took Odessa, we should pour boiling water from our windows and throw rocks on them. By later August, as the siege tightened, 
I remember watching the Kuban and Don Cossacks come to town, riding their horses and beautiful uniforms. They carried their swords and posters reading Kuban to Berlin and Don to Berlin. They were full of patriotism and determined to defend their motherland, but what could they really do with swords on horseback? They charged off anyway. Only a day later, a few survivors, wounded and bleeding, came back to Odessa. They had no horses or swords. By now, refugees from Bessarabia began coming to the town. They slept in parks, gardens and even in the yards, telling people about what the Romanians and Germans were doing when they found Jews. I kept pleading with Mother and said no matter what anyone else in the family decided to do, we had to go. Finally, she agreed. On 29th of August, early morning, we packed our belongings and went to the harbour. Grandfather and my mother's sisters came to see us off. We said our goodbyes. German planes began shooting at the ship, but our anti-aircraft guns drove them off. Our ship, the Dnieper, started moving away from the berth and slipping out to sea. In my thoughts, I was saying goodbye to my hometown and wondered whether I would ever see it again. I promised my grandfather, aunts and cousins in the dock that I'd write them detailed letters telling them about where to go, which trains to catch. They never got that chance. Because Aunt Sonia had been holding out hope for her husband, Efim, she refused to leave. She didn't know it yet, but he was already dead. So she, my favourite cousin Yuri, and the baby would all be shot. Just like Grandfather and everyone else in the family. Our ship was under fire several times. Planes strafed us. But in a few days we arrived at Novorossiysk, 300 kilometres to the east from Odessa. They hurried us from the dock to a freight train for cattle, and we headed east. What a journey. The train made its way across the northern Caucasus, Pensa, Kubyshev, Chelyabinsk, Sverdlovsk, until we arrived at Kustanay in northern Kazakhstan, about 3,000 kilometres from home. Kustanay was like a village, and it was a shock for me. Here I was, a big city boy, and now I was in a town of houses made of mud bricks and only a little heat. As soon as we got to Kazakhstan, I received a letter from our father. He sent it from the port of Mariupol on the Azov Sea. He said he was so very, very sorry for having told us to stay in Odessa so long and that he wished we had all evacuated together. All I knew is that the fighting was fierce in Mariupol and soon I received an official response that my father, Duvid Rudyak, disappeared near Mariupol in October 1941. I didn't tell my mother or sister that father had perished, but I swore I would take revenge. I wouldn't really get that chance as I ended up serving in regimental headquarters in Perm during the rest of the war, and when I came home to Odessa in 1945, I had just turned 20, I found my mother, and she didn't even recognize me. I mean, I had grown 20 centimeters, seven inches. 
and when we finished hugging each other, she told me about father. She had actually known longer than I had. Mother just wanted to keep it from me as long as possible, just as I wanted to keep it from her. So after all that time, we finally could cry for father. And so we started life over. Odessa's Jewish community would never recover from its losses during the Holocaust. Since then, a great many Jews left the city for Israel, for North America, for Germany, as Jews also did from other cities in Russia, Belarus, and Ukraine. But Odessa is still imbued with the Jewish sense of humor, and it seems that everybody here has a story to tell you. Even now during this war, when I heard my first air raid siren in August 2022, and this was in the six months of Russia's war, one friend at the Beit Grand Jewish Community Center in Odessa told me as she calmly sent her 30 children into a shelter, you know, things aren't great here. There's real trouble. A lot of people have left the city, but there's no reason to panic, although maybe soon we'll have to start worrying. For a short reading list, I highly recommend Isaac Babel's brilliant Odessa stories. Look for the translation by Odessa-born Boris Draljuk and Charles King's History of Odessa. For tales about Odessa over the past decade, look for Vladislav Davidson's From Odessa with Love and the articles he writes occasionally for Tablet Magazine. 